Hi, this is Josh, and welcome to Passion Youth Podcast. This morning, one of our youth leaders, Justin Anthony, brings an awesome word about being a Christian who doesn't just look the part, but engages with what God has for us. So um, I'm excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, a little bit of what I'm going to talk about is going to kind of have some physical illustrations, but I want you to look deeper into it and see the spiritual side of what I'm trying to say here. So what I want to talk to you this morning about is Christians who wear yoga pants and muscle shirts. And I see some of my guys over there flexing. Dakota, Ty, JJ, I saw it. I saw it. You know, but it's and then, because um, you see so many times throughout the New Testament, we see where God compares the life, or the illustrators, I'm sorry, compare the life of a believer to that of a race, or the Christian himself to a runner. So we're going to read two scriptures today, and we're just going to kind of talk through them. And the first one is uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm going to look back here, 9, 24 through 27, it says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And let's go on to the Hebrews uh, Scripture 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that, that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Okay, so we see here, to me what's pretty cool is these two scriptures, to me, kind of go hand in hand. And when the Apostle Paul is writing, well, first off, what is the race, the Christian race? It's our life, our everyday grind, what we go through each and every day, the trials, all these things. And it says that we compete for an eternal prize. What is the prize? Heaven. Let's be real. What's the goal? Let's get to heaven. Let's bring some people with us when we go, right? So we see where he's making this illustration. What's cool is when Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, at that time, the Corinthians had games that were second to that only of the Olympics. So as Paul's using the comparison and the illustration of a runner and an athlete, they're able to see it and say, okay, so this is what I need to do in order to be the Christian and to complete this race God has set before me. And it's like, what does it take? And when you look at professional athletes, I was watching a video on a guy who uh, was doing an interview, and he was competing in the world's strongest man. And he said that, when he's training and everything, he spends one to two hours a week with his family. You think 24 hours a day, seven days a week, how many hours that is, that's seconds of a day that he gets to see his family. But what does that say about him? He's committed. He's all in. There's nothing going to hold him back from achieving that goal and from running that race to become the world's strongest man. But he's competing for a worldly prize, right? But when you look at that spiritually, God wants us to be that committed to him. What did Jesus say? He said, hey, come with me. And the guy said, okay, let me go bury my father first. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Another guy said, Jesus, I'm going to come, but i got to tell everybody bye first before I come. He said, the kingdom of God isn't for anyone who puts their hands to the plow and looks back. Jesus isn't being mean, but what he's telling us is, I want you all in. If I'm competing for first or if I'm tied for first with anything in your life, or if even I'm a close second, you're not ready. 
You need to get some things in order. In God's eyes, 99% is the same as zero, which is a scary thing, right? So we see, what does it take to be a disciplined athlete? You know, these guys spend countless hours in training and all these things, but, you know, we have to be physically disciplined. I say we like I'm an athlete. All right. They have to be physically disciplined. They have to be mentally disciplined, and they have to work out constantly. So what does it take to be physically disciplined? It's that moment, you know, at 5.30 in the morning, I, my wife kills me because I will set the alarm so I can hit snooze. It's like I, I'm going to get a little more in it, right? But it's that moment when we don't reach over and we hit snooze. It's like I got to get up. I got to go. It's that moment when you're in pain and it's agony. It's like, man, I'm sore from yesterday. But I have to get up and push through the pain, push through the uncomfortness, push through the awkwardness of just the everyday thing. And a lot of times, it's telling ourselves no. Because, see, it's easy to tell ourselves yes, right? And we can kind of get that in order, you know, when things we, we kind of want, we know we need. It's easy to tell ourselves yeah, but it's that moment that a true test of discipline comes when we have to tell ourselves no. When you got that group of friends, right, they go into that place, and you know it's like, man, they want me to come with them. But I know where they're going ain't leading to a good thing. And we have to deny what our flesh wants and tell them no, right? And it's the same thing with an athlete. They have to deny things that their flesh is want. I'd rather lay up, eat pizza rolls, and drink Dr. Pepper. But that's not a good thing for me, right? So the part of being physically disciplined is telling your body what to do. Paul says, I put my body into subjection, to submission. I make it do what I tell it to do. And when you think there's so many things in life that it doesn't feel right, it doesn't seem right, but we know what the Word says because our flesh is battling that, right? And it's telling us, you don't want to do that. You don't really need that. But we know we have to submit ourselves to that and make sure we're doing what the Spirit of the Lord wants us to do. So the next thing is being mentally disciplined. You know, a true competitor, you'll never convince them that they're going to lose. You'll never tell them that they're going to compete for second place, right? Look at Nick. He's a competitor. Yesterday on the thing, he said a few times, you know, I, I think I'm done. But his competitiveness wasn't going to let him quit. And I'm going to pick on our youth boys real quick. See, when we had the Be Manly thing, you know, we had the arm wrestling table set up. And it's like, all right, who wants to go? And one of them would come up and say, I'm ready. He's going to beat me. And I did everything but slap him. I'm like, what? What you go? And they're going into the situation defeated before they even start. And you're giving the opponent the upper hand right from the bat. And how many times spiritually do we do that? We go into the situation at hand defeated. God's telling you, hey, listen, you don't need to do this. But you're like, ah, no, I, I need to do this. Or he's telling you, don't do this. And you're like, well, Lord, that's the only way I'm going to get this. And we're admitting defeat by losing faith so many times. We have to be mentally tough. And a lot of times we just walk around with a beat down, just a, a defeated mentality, a defeated spirit. And sometimes it's because of maybe the sin in our life, the shame and condemnation that comes with that. Or maybe it's the decisions that others around us have made, parents, friends, whatever, loved ones, that those consequences, those repercussions just kind of fall on us. Maybe you're like, Justin, you don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. But I know that the Word says that basically as a believer, victory only comes to those who are a believer. So if you're not, that's a perk of becoming a Christian. Not saying all high, pie in the sky kind of stuff, hyper grace. But as a believer, only victory can come to you. Defeat never comes. Because the Bible says that he turns all things 
And when you see all things, we've got to get to the understanding of receiving God's word for what it says. It says all things, nothing is left out. Every single thing in your life, every failure, every good thing, if we have that, he can turn that to the good. Your parents are divorced. I'm sorry to hear that. God can turn that to the good. You feel like your parents have neglected you, rejected you, you don't feel loved. I understand that. That's heartbreaking. But you have a father in heaven who says, I love you, and I can turn your situation into a good thing. Because he says, I turn all things to the good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And as a believer, you love God and you're called according to his purpose. But what we have to do is we have to be mentally tough enough to not allow Satan to take the situations in our lives and say, you're not good enough. You're defeated before you start. And we have to combat that and control our thoughts and be mentally tough to say, you know what? No, I'm more than an overcomer. God will give me victory because I belong to him. It may seem weird. It may seem tough right now. But then this is where the physical discipline comes in, pushing through the pain, pushing through the uncomfort, uh, the uncomfortable things in your life, and just knowing that Paul says, I run with a purpose. Every step that I take is not in vain. I'm not doing this when I run. I'm doing this. I'm going forward. He says I'm not just shadow boxing. Some translations say I'm not just beating the air. What's that mean? He's not just punching purposely. You know what I'm saying? If me and Jordan Dunn got in a ring, we know I would tear him to pieces. But if I stand over here for 20 minutes and just swing at the air, and then I'm saying, okay, let's go. I've done something that was pointless to the fight. We're not going to fight, but you know what I'm saying. I've done something that's pointless to the fight, so when it does come time to engage with the enemy, we're so worn out because we've been so distracted by things. So we've got to be physically disciplined. We've got to be mentally disciplined. And we say that an athlete, all professional athletes and everything, runners, they train constantly. And as believers, how do we train? By serving. We exercise our faith through serving. And just think like this, anytime Pastor Josh sends that text out and is like, hey, guys, we're going to be working in the flower beds. Girls, you're going to be cleaning the nest. You need to thank him because he's giving you spiritual biceps. You know what I'm saying? He's giving you what you need. He's strengthening you up. And that's how we exercise our faith is through service. And it's like, okay, that's pretty cool, but how do we get to that? How do we get mentally disciplined? How do we get physically disciplined? Let's jump up to the Hebrew Scripture. The author of Hebrews gives us a two-step program, which is pretty cool because most things are 12 steps. The first thing he says is you've got to get rid of the weight that is slowing you down. And maybe you're looking at it like, well, man, that's sin. Kind of, sort of, but it's not necessarily talking about sin. Because you see, he says get rid of the weight that is slowing you down, especially the sin that so easily trips you up. So, you see, they go hand in hand, but he's still kind of separating them. So it's like what is the weight in your life? The best way to identify that is if it's not strengthening you and building you, it's tearing you down and weakening you. So a lot of times our leisure time, right, and th the things that put extra weight on our life spiritually tend to be innocent in, in and of themselves, right? I'm an Andy Griffith buff, okay? Watching TV ain't a bad thing as long as you ain't watching nothing scary, and God's okay with me watching Andy Griffith. But it's that moment or playing Nintendo games. Is it still called Nintendo, Ty? Do you know what a Nintendo is? Right, it's, it's one of them things you do like this and you look at the TV. Jordan knows what I'm talking about. So... He's okay with that as long as it's nothing sketchy. But what happens is when that thing, whether it's TV, whether it's hanging with your friends, your leisure time, whatever, whenever that starts taking place or taking time away from your, that you're supposed to be spending with God in your word, in prayer, maybe just getting alone at home and worshiping, when that starts taking time away from that or taking the place of that, that starts putting weight on your life. You see, pizza rolls ain't terrible. 
I don't think. I'm, that's my argument. But if all I do is lay up and eat that, that's not going to be good for me. And, you know, when we was in the gym, Caleb Duncan tested us when I was working in the gym. These, all these guys, he's like, bro, it don't matter what you do in the gym. It's 80% your diet. And I was like, all right. I don't know if I even believed him half the time. But I looked it up, and one article said 80%. A couple articles said 75%. So think like this. Who you are, how you are physically is based off of 75 to 80% of what you're putting in your body. Now, I want to ask you this question. If that same, apply this spiritually to me, it kind of goes. If I'm wrong, someone correct me. But if who you are as a believer, as a Christian, or if you're a believer or a Christian, who are you based off of 75 to 80% of what you're putting in your body? What you're saying, what you're watching on TV, what kind of music you're listening to, what you're looking at when you're on your phone. Who does that, what kind of Christian does that tell that you are? Think about that for a second. Answer it to yourself. You know, and see, it's, it's the moments in the 75 to 80% that strengthens you for the 20 to 25%, right? It gives you the strength to push through when it's time to exercise or to work out or to run this race of faith that God has called us to do. And the second step, he says, is to get rid of the sin that so easily trips you up. And when you hear this scripture, I want you to apply this to your life personally. I want you to look at this as a personalized scripture. Because when I read it, it says, the sin that so easily trips us up. That tells me that, Justin, in order for me to finish my race, I have to get rid of the sin or sins in my life that are slowing me down. That's the things that we struggle with. There's going to be things in my life that you don't deal with. There's going to be things in each and individual life that you deal with. But in order for you to finish your race, you have to get rid of that thing. We have to do it. Because, see, when we have that sin in our life, it's like running around with our shoes untied. It seems pretty cool until you step on a shoelace. You know what I'm saying? But, see, so many times we try to just run this race with carrying all this baggage and with all these ropes hanging off to us. And we're giving the enemy access to us at all times. You see, it's like, it's like how do we get rid of these things? How do we get rid of the sin that so easily trips us up? Well, chances are, if you've got the sin that so easily trips you up, it's because you have the extra weight in your life. Because when you're just feeding your flesh all these things for 75 to 80% of the time, when it comes time to resist the devil, when it comes time to, to resist the temptation, you're not strong enough. We're not strong enough to do it because we've been filling our life with garbage for so much. Andy Griffith ain't going to teach me how to get sin out of my life, no matter how much I watch it. So we've got to get back to getting in the Word, seeing what God wants us to do. So when it does come time to combat that thing, we're strong enough to push through it. So that's, that's my question to you today, guys. So I know I said I was going to talk about Christians who wear yoga pants and muscle shirts, so here we go, you know. Anyone ever been to the mall? Raise your hand. Anyone been to the mall? Okay. Has anyone ever been to Walmart? Okay. Anyone ever been to the dollar store? My wife and I call it the DG. Anyone ever been there? It's a cool place. So if you've been there, chances are you've seen someone wearing yoga pants or a muscle shirt. Am I right? So what, what are they doing? They're trying to give the illusion of what? I live a healthy lifestyle. I'm either coming from the gym, I'm going to the gym, or I go to the gym all the time. But what do we do? Walk over and look in their basket. They got Cheetos and a Dr. Pepper. Like, you ain't living a healthy lifestyle. But what are they doing? They're trying to put on a front. They're trying to put on a persona that they're living a life. And so many times spiritually, that's what we do. 
We put on our yoga pants. We put on our muscle shirt, and we just kind of trot through this life. And what are we doing? We're putting up a front. We may be trying to put up a front to convince ourselves that we're living this life, or we're trying to impress our parents. But what we're doing is we're, we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to Jesus saying, hey, God, I'm doing this. But when we look into your basket, when we look into your life, are we seeing the sin? Are we seeing the weight? Not saying we've got to be perfect, but we've got to be seeing a progression. You've got to be progression. If you're running a race and you're still in one spot, it's like being on a treadmill. You're doing something, but you ain't going nowhere. So we've got to get on the road and push through this life. So, guys, we've got to start getting real with ourselves. So that's my question to you today, guys. Are you just looking the part? Are you just trying to bebop through this life? Because, you see, so many times we get complacent with being okay to be a participant in the race, but we never want to engage in the race. And in the first, starting out in Corinthians, it started out, he said, you know, everyone runs. And to me, this, this word here contradicts everything that the world is telling us in today's society. He said, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. In today's society, it says what? You can come. You ain't got to be good. You ain't even got to win. Just kind of come and show up and do whatever. And you'll get your participation award. But the kingdom of God is not set up for that. It's for those who enter the race, engage the race, and finish and win the race God has set before them. So I want to just challenge you guys today. Finish the race. Faith has entered you in the race. Faith will sustain you through the race. And faith will see you through the race. So let's get rid of the weight. Let's get rid of the sin, the shame, all these things that are holding us back. And push forward to the higher calling that God has called us to be.